you've got your Bibles, you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I, uh, I knew this was going to happen today. I prayed and... and um, thank you, brother. I prayed and, and uh, I, I just... I don't know. You'll, you'll understand what I'm saying later. Um, I enjoyed last week's... Um, Worship service a lot. I uh, I got a good refreshing out of it. I felt good and and uh, I just enjoy talking about praising the Lord. And uh, uh, it was easy to preach and and uh, just flowed so smoothly and and uh, I just enjoyed it very 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 much. But uh, I'm going to remind you though that we said we'd be talking about ways that we could bring God glory inside the church. We talk a lot about. The things we can do outside the church, there's a huge focus there, but there are things we can do inside the church to bring God glory. Um, and, and, and so I, I want to continue that. Praising God was one of those ways. We can come into God's house, we can praise Him, we can worship Him. Praise brings with it a lot of power. Uh, God uh, inhabits the praise of His people. When God shows up, things happen. Yes. Amen? Um, but there are other ways that we can do that besides praise. And I want to focus on another one today. And I've got to tell you up front, I dread it. Um, I dread it. Don't, don't get discouraged, but I do dread it. Um, and I, I dread it so much because I really don't want to offend anybody. I, that's not my intention or goal. Um, I don't want to make anybody mad or upset. Um, I know as soon, I, I mean, just as soon as the Lord worked it in my heart, I, 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 I dreaded it. Um, and I fought with the enemy about it a lot this morning. Uh, and I, I won't go into to details on that, but just know that uh, it was certainly um, a battle for me to be able to stand up and preach this. It's a topic that's abused. It's a topic that is often preached for wrong reasons. Um, but but here's the you know here's the thing. Um, it's got to be preached. Um, and and listen, I'm warning you that while I preach it to you. It's such a sensitive topic for people. Um, it shouldn't be, but it is. It's, it's a sensitive topic for people. And so the, the potential is there that while I preach it to you, the enemy will try to speak to you. Um, and, and, and when he does, he's going to try to make you to get upset or to make you feel uh, frustrated or angry or mad. And I don't want that to be the case. I don't want him to bring negative thoughts into your mind about why I'm preaching this and I have, a, I have a feeling that those things could happen, but listen to me up front. It's a trick. It's just a trick. It's all it is. He's trying to distract you. He doesn't want you to understand the message. Um, he does not want us to live out what I'm going to preach today. Because if we live out the things that I preach today, and I very rarely would preach on this topic, but if, he lives, if we was to live it out, here's the reality. This church will grow. This church will grow in number. It will grow in spiritual strength. Um, the future of this church will be better for our children and our grandchildren. Um, we'll accomplish more work for the kingdom of God than what we ever thought we possibly could. We can make a great impact on our community, a great impact on, on the entire world. But we've got to let God teach it to us. Amen? And if we'll let him, then, then who knows how many people will be impacted in the future by, by just by, by really considering this message and, and letting it touch you. So I, I hope that it will. Now, I, 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 there are reasons that I'm preaching it. 
Um, and those are the reasons. I want our church to grow. I want our church to grow more spiritually than anything else. Um, I, I, I want to see our community impacted by the gospel. I want to see God's word spread. I want to see the world change. Amen. We see one well, we rejoice. That's a touch of what it could be. That's a touch of the things that we could do if we let God use us. So um, if we're going to see those things, if those things interest you, uh, then try to hang with me in this message as we're talking about bringing God glory in the church through giving. I knew just as soon as I had the message that we would have visitors. The enemy, the enemy told me, he said, now you're going to run everybody off and try to preach these things. Right? Nobody likes to talk about money. Nobody likes to... And listen, there ain't nobody that likes to talk about it less than me. You think it's hard to hear, get up here and preach it. Then, then I'll, I'll give you a, a big hug and a high five and comfort you. Amen? Uh, because I'm telling you, it's hard to preach on this. And I'm not just going to preach on money. That's an aspect of it. Because if we're going to see the church grow, and we're going to see the kingdom of God grow, and we're going to see works being completed, we're going to have to give sacrificially and cheerfully. That is what the New Testament commands. And so I, I know that we don't like it, but, but you pray for me, okay? I want you to know if you're visiting, I'm not after your money. That's not my intention or my goal. I don't preach on this every Sunday. I hope the church would tell you that. That's not what we preach here all the time. Uh, I can say with an honest heart, I don't even care about your money. Uh, it, 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 I, outside of the fact, I care about this. Your money is an indicator of your spiritual maturity and the condition of your heart. I care about that aspect of it, but I don't care about how much you gave. I don't know who gives and who doesn't. None of those things matter to me. But I have a responsibility to preach the entire Word of God. And for years I have avoided this. Years. Um, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want you guys to think that's what I cared about. So I hope you know that's my heart. I hope I've, I've, I've been with you long enough that you'll understand that about me. Um, so, so you pray for me, okay? If you say, you say the message is about tithing, no. I want to be upfront about that. The message is not about tithing. Tithing, to the best of my knowledge and to the best of my understanding through reading and study of the Scripture, was an Old Testament commandment. Amen. Thank you. They were to pay their tenth. That's what tithe means. They were to pay their tenth to support their form of government that they had there in Israel uh, with the judges and the rulers and all those things. Uh, uh, rulers in the temple and all these different places. Now, we're no longer under the Old Covenant. We're no longer under the law, so to speak. And let me let me clarify that just a little bit, right? Just because we're no longer under the law doesn't mean that we don't have responsibilities. Amen? Doesn't mean we don't have things that we should do. For instance, their tithe, you read about a tithe in the Old Testament, was a form of taxes to them. Now, Jesus clarified that when the Roman Empire took over and Israel was no longer in charge, and, and the Roman Empire took over, and, and they asked Jesus, they said, well, should we even pay our taxes? He said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. In other words, pay your taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not preaching about taxes, uh, although I'm sure everybody's looking forward to getting some back. I hope you do. Um, that's not what I'm preaching about. A lot of times what Jesus would do was he would take the law and he would magnify it and clarify it. Uh, you see a great example. If you looked at Matthew 5, 38 and 39, you don't have to turn and come up behind you. He said, you've heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for
referred to. That was Old Testament law written there, right? Uh, but I tell you not to resist. I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. He he magnified the law and clarified it. Amen. He gave us some, a better understanding, and so. Uh, I, I would say to you the same is true with giving. The tithe isn't the standard in the New Testament. The New Testament makes it much more clear. He magnifies and clarifies. And he says to give sacrificially and cheerfully just as Christ was the example of giving. So if you've got your Bibles in 2 Corinthians 8, let's read the first 15 verses together, God willing. He says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. In other words, what he's telling you there is simple. They didn't have a lot. They gave in abundance to the best of their ability. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. What grace? The grace of giving. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, here's key scripture. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor. Amen? Amen? That you through his poverty might become rich. And in this I give advice. Did I skip the part? No. And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete it that as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may, may be a completion out of what you have. For there is first a willing mind. It is accepted according to what one has, and not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply what they lack. That their abundance also may supply what you lack. That there may be equality as it is written. He who gathered much had nothing left over. And he who gathered little had no lack. Well, we can preach about praise. And it'll get you excited. We can preach about this. And it'll get you a little something different. That's okay. Still, still in there. It's in that book. Amen. As Christians, our view of money and stuff has to change. Right? It, it, it needs to change. It should not and cannot be the same view as the world has of money. And, and so now before I go into any depth, I just want to stop and think for a moment about the way money is viewed in, today in our culture. 
I mean, if you really stop and think, money is symbolic of power. Amen? Success. Those who have are successful. Those who don't are not. According to the world standards. Those that have it, are, you know, there's a certain prestige that comes along with money. Those who have lots of it are admired and respected and even followed by others. Amen? Now that's the way our culture looks at it. Right? Money in our culture is seen to be the solution to every problem. How many times have you heard somebody say, and you ain't going to amen it, if I ask how many times you said it, because you don't want anybody to know that you said it, but if I, boy, I wish I could win the lottery. Right? You drive by the old sign and you see 400 million up there and you think, man, I would build churches and shelters. And in the back of your mind, you're also thinking, and I pay off my mortgage and I, and I do all these other things. Right? And, 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 and you, so, I mean, it's out, most of, most of the, the reality is, is that most people in the world their heart's desire is to be rich. That's what they want more than anything else is they want riches because they feel like money will bring ease and power and respect and it, it, it'll make everything better. Now, I can understand that mentality in those who have not become followers of Christ, those who are not born again. But that should not be the mentality of those who are followers of Christ and have been born again. Uh, we as Christians should have a different mentality about money and things, right? Let's look together in the Scriptures again. 1 Timothy 6, 6-11. through 11. This should be our mentality when it comes to money and stuff. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and clothing, with these we should be content. But those who desire to be rich, now we just said that's the majority of the world we live in, amen? Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snares and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, people, O oh man of God, people of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Amen? So let's summarize the scripture. Be content with what you have because at the end of it all, you can't take nothing with you. Amen? I mean, that's what he said. He, and then he goes on, he says, Now, if you desire to be rich, you desire to be enslaved into so many things that's going to hurt your soul in the long run. And then he says, Don't forget that when you start to love money, it's going to produce all kinds of evil in your life. And then he goes on to even amplify it, and he says, If you pay attention, riches and money is so powerful that it's caused many people to stray away from putting their faith in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen? And lastly, he says, if you're a man or a woman of God, you should flee from these things. Amen? Amen. Now that's just plain talk. You, don't, you, don't, you shouldn't read that and think, well, I really don't understand it. Right? It's just plain and simple writing from the Holy Spirit, right? 
to our ears, we shouldn't read it and wonder what it means. It's clear for us. It says it in black and white. So here's something we've got to realize this morning. Our view about our money and stuff, according to the Scripture, is an indicator of how mature we are in Christ and also an indicator of the condition of our hearts. Now I'm going to show you where I take that from so you can protect me later and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. Matthew 6, 19-21. Jesus speaking. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves can break in and steal it. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, if your treasure is in heaven, your heart's going to be there. If your treasure's here in the world, your heart's going to be there. Amen? And so because we lack the understanding of the importance of giving and the blessing of giving and the purpose of giving and the rewards that God gives to those who do give, we give as little as possible. I want to talk about the importance of giving. Let's just keep up with the plain speech this morning. I, I realize that this message is probably, there's probably not, maybe not, I, you could surprise me, but there may, there's probably not any point in here where you're going to shout the roof off the church. <laughs> if you do, I'll thank God for it. If you don't, I hope you can at least take something from it. Amen? Yeah. I want you to be able to get something out of it, at least give you something to think about. Um, plain speech. The church can only do what you're willing to support. Amen? Amen. The church only has the ability to do the things in the world that bring God's glory based on how much people are willing to give. Amen. Now, this is a huge topic of importance because I want you to know up front, I understand fully why people don't want to give to them. I wrestled with the same things. I understand it a hundred percent, or at least I think so. I, I tell you what, I, I believe one of the major reasons people don't give is because they see churches that are consumed with self and not the work of God. I'll call it out. I, I don't mind to, to, to preach on it a little bit now. I'm feeling a little bit better as we go along. <laughs> Listen, you can drive in any direction you want to go, and you'll see something that I think is fundamentally wrong. You'll see something that I believe is totally wrong. Churches that have spent an incredible amount of money on a facility they use once a week for themselves. I think that's anti-scriptural. I'll stand on that. I, I absolutely believe that that's not what God would have us do. Then you could go home and turn on the TV, if that wasn't reason enough, and you could see pastors who are making millions and millions of dollars a year off the gospel or off what they propose to be the gospel, and they had no godly work to show for it, just selfish living. Amen. You can find churches that's got big savings accounts and practically no missions, no evangel no, no evangelical work. They're doing nothing, but they've got a lot of money. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so they can drive down the road and see a person standing there that needs food, that needs clothing, that needs help, and then they can look a hundred feet. 
that cost a million dollars with the doors locked and the gate in front of it closed off with the finest kitchen facility that could cook uh, enough meals for everybody in the community, but they don't want to. Amen? Now, I'm just preaching the truth to you. Don't, don't get upset with me today. So when people come into God's house and the offering, it's time for the offering, they think to themselves, no thanks. I don't want to give. I don't want to give because I don't see the work. I don't, I don't see it's doing the right things. I see everybody keeps building up their own and, and not focusing on everybody else. And, and I'm not interested in giving you money so it can sit in your savings account. Amen? I don't want you to. I don't want to give you money to buy a fancy building that nobody's allowed to use. And I don't blame them. Amen. I don't blame them for that. But let's look in Luke chapter twelve. I got several scripture references here. I got to stay. I got to stay in the Word. I'll get in trouble. Luke twelve. Then he spoke a parable, saying, "The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully." And he thought within himself, saying. Gosh, what, what am I going to do now? I, I've got no room to store up all my crops. My barns are full. So, so he said, you know what? I know what I'll do. I'll pull down those barns and I'll build some bigger barns. Amen? And there I'm going to store up all my crops and all my goods. And then I'm going to be able to say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up. For many years, time to take it easy. Time to eat and drink and be married. But God said to this man, You fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then, whose will those things be which you have provided? Now, so is he. Jesus says, I'm telling you what I'm doing, I'm giving you a little picture. This is the same as somebody who lays up treasure for himself but is not rich towards God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now that's a, that's, that scripture is a sharp, sharp rebuke to a lot of churches today. They've been blessed with a beautiful facility. They've been blessed with land. They've been blessed with gyms and fellowship halls and there ain't a sin in any of that. None of those things are sinful. Nothing wrong with it. In fact, there's a lot of churches that use those things to do some great work for God, and that's not wrong. Amen. What is wrong, though, is when all that money is turned inward, even though the church already has everything it needs. You understand what I'm preaching to you? Yeah. And they don't use their blessing for the work of God. They use their blessing for themselves. Amen. When it sits in a savings account and we're only interested in building up bigger barns, and listen, the same is true for individuals. I mean, that scripture wasn't just written to churches, it was written to each one of us individually yeah. in our families. Right? When all we're interested in doing is continuing to build up better for ourselves and better and better and better and better and better, you can't have that mentality and then come in and say, but God's, but, but my treasure is in heaven. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. That's just, I mean, plain talk. Amen? Plain talk about this stuff. Let me tell you, greed is a sin. Amen? To be greedy is to be sinful. 
So the question has to be asked, how much is too much? How, how much money does a church need in their saving account when they're starving people? Amen? How, how, how much money is needed uh, to, for us to carry over every week into our own personal accounts when there's people out there who don't have homes? How, how much is when our children don't have the basic needs and supplies to go to school, how much money do we really need? When people don't have clean water to drink. That's what we all see pictures of now. Amen? When people don't have clean water to drink, when people don't have access to a Bible, I mean, we've got to ask ourselves, what's more important, this home interior picture or somebody getting their Bible? You see what I'm... You see what I'm I mean, I'm, I know I'm getting down into it now. And, I, and I'm sure home interior is dead by now. I don't know anything about it. Whatever the new thing is, you pick it. And I can understand the frustration of people not wanting to give because of those things. But there's another side of that story. There are some churches, probably a lot, who if they had the ability and the means and the resources to do greater works, they would do them. Amen? They would do it. And, and listen, if you're, you might be listening online later. You might be, you might be here visiting from them. If you're not in a church that's like that, you need to leave that church and get in one that is like that. Amen. I'm just telling you the God's honest truth. I'll get flat for that. But the importance of giving is simple, right? We can only do what we have the resources and the means to do. In other words... We can only build as many wells as you're willing to pay for. Amen. Amen? Amen? We can only feed as many hungry people as you're willing to feed. We, we, we can only clothe as many naked that you're willing to buy clothes for. We can only do as much outreach as we are able to do. We do the works in proportion to the giving. Lack, listen, this is important. Lack of giving hinders the work of God. Lack of giving will hinder the work of God. The work that we should be accomplishing as a church. Remember Matthew 25, 34 through 40? He said he separated the sheep and the goats and he said, come, you, 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 the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I want to hear that one day. Amen. Look at why. He said, I was hungry. You gave me food. Amen. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. That should be the testimony of every person in this entire church. When we stand before God, I want to hear Him say those things to me. And I want to see Him say those things to you. Amen? But He ain't going to say it if we ain't doing it. He's not going to say that if we don't do those things. And we can't do those things without the means to do those things. Now listen, I, I know that's kind of hard. Again, I know people don't like to talk about it. But, but many people today just don't understand the blessing of giving. They miss it. They look at 
it as a burden and not a blessing. It's only a blessing if they get to keep it in their mind. Amen. But the blessing is... Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul said, I've shown... I mean, sorry, Luke. He said, I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. That he said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we miss that truth. Because we feel like it's more blessed to have than to not. Amen? But we miss the truth of our, the, the very truth. I don't believe Jesus told one lie. And I don't believe that's wrong. Amen? I believe it absolutely is more blessed to give than to receive. Now listen, I know lots of people who want to receive. Amen? But I ain't a whole lot wanting to give. Now I'm just telling you the truth. Didn't that, so you got to... There's a lot of people that want to come in and sit in, the, in a church that's air-conditioned in the summer and heated in the winter. Amen? There's a lot of people that want to come and sit in a semi-comfortable pew. There's a lot of people that want their kids to be taught and to have activities to do in the church. There's a lot of people that want to hear the Word of God taught powerfully and accurately. Amen? There's a lot of people that want to enjoy the fellowship meals at the church. There's a lot of people that want to see the hungry fed. And there's a lot of people... <clears throat> that want to see the church grow. And there's a lot of people that want to see the gospel preached in the whole world. And there's a lot of people that want to see homeless shelters built. And there's a lot of people that want to see people that can't pay their bills uh, be able to get help they need, right? And all those things. And there's all kinds of people that want to see the church contribute to wonderful things in the community to make an impact in the name of Jesus. Amen? But when it comes time to make their contribution, they aren't as on fire about it anymore. <laughs> if it costs them something, they don't want it as bad. That's the problem with our culture today. That's the very problem is, is if it puts me out any little bit, if it costs me something, I'm not willing. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're missing out on the ability to be a greater life in the world as a church because we're limited by the unwillingness of those who won't give. Now there's a difference between those who won't give and those who can't. Amen? Amen. I can tell you a time there when Jesus stood there at the, at the usury and watched them come up and put their money in and he saw all of them come up and they gave a little part of their money and then he saw the, the, the little old lady she came up and, and she took her little one penny out there and she dropped it in. And boy, that moved the heart of God. Amen. You know why? That was her last one. Amen. That's sacrificial giving. Do you know today, let me tell you why I said that, that Jesus magnified the law of tithing and clarified the law of tithing. Right? He, because that law was passed. What he said instead was, is he said just like when that woman put that in, that, listen, that took faith. Amen? That took a measure of faith to say, I believe God will take care of me. Amen? And if, if I believe that, I'm willing to put my penny where my mouth is. Amen. 
Your willingness to give determines your ability to receive. Amen? Luke 6 and 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use or give, it will be given back to you. Now, I didn't say that. God said that. Now, look in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. But this I say, he that sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Now listen what that means. In other words, what he's teaching is, is simple. He said if you purpose in your heart to, to sow, uh, to, to reap sparingly, just give sparingly. Purpose in your heart to to to, to reap bountifully, then give bountifully. Amen? Amen. I'm not preaching to you if you put ten in the bucket, a hundred will be in the mailbox when you get out <laughs> That is not true. Amen? Amen? That is not true at all. What I'm preaching to you is that God will take care of you. God is able to see that you're well taken care of, and God will continue to bless you. So that you can continue to be a blessing to the others. Amen? Amen. He doesn't give so that you can... You know, this is not a trick, a get-rich scheme where you say, I'll put $100 in the bucket, and then I'm guaranteed to get 1000 back out, and man, look how much better my return on it. That is not the gospel. What it is is you be able to put 100 in the bucket. You know what God will do? God will make sure that you don't miss that $100 that much. He'll make sure that you don't go hungry. He'll make sure that you don't go without those things. And you know what? In time, He'll make sure you've got another 100 to put back in the bucket again. And He'll keep blessing you. And He'll keep taking care of you. But listen, if you want to put a dollar in, which most people do, amen? I'm just preaching to you. If you want to put a dollar in, it's one thing if a dollar's all you got. Amen. I'll leave it there. <laughs> not grudgingly, not out of necessity, God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen? God loves somebody that wants to give. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always will have sufficiency in all things. You may have an abundance for every good work that you want to contribute to. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's pretty important. As it is written, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy. He has dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. Do you understand that you have a part in fulfilling that prophecy? In other words, He has dispersed to you, look at it again, he has dispersed abroad to you that you can give to the poor. Amen. Amen? Amen? That you can do that and that His righteousness will endure forever. And He'll get the glory out of it. Now, may He, who's the He? God. May He who supplies the seed to the sower. In other words, whatever money you've got, God gave it to you anyway. Amen. Amen? He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown, and increase your ability to give even more. Amen. 
while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings unto God. In other words, not only does it take care of people, but it causes God to receive glory that He deserves. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and rather prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Amen. Did you hear it? The measure by which you give is how God's going to measure what you're giving. If you sow little, you reap it. Amen? Let each one give as he wants to. Not by commandment. But because they want to. And let that person know that decides to give that God is going to make all grace abound towards them that their needs will be supplied. That's the gospel truth. Do you remember the story of the days of Elijah when a great famine had swept the land of was drought and famine? And Elijah showed up at the house of a, of a woman and her son. And he said, make me a cake that I might eat. And she said, man of God, I don't have but enough to make one more meal for me and my son. And that's all I've got left. And Elijah said, make the cake. Get it made. And by faith, she went in and took her little oil and took the meal and made him up a little bread and he ate. And do you know what? The next morning, she got up and looked and the barrel of oil was full. And the little barrel of meal was full, and there was enough meat. And every morning thereafter, until God released the famine, and until it was over, that woman and her son ate and was okay. Amen? Because they had enough faith to give the way that they were supposed to give. They had a fear of God and an expectation that if the man of God, who represented at that time a picture, a type of Christ, they, they looked at him and they said, if he's in need, I believe that his God will supply my needs. If I take care of him, God will take care of me. Amen? Can I tell you today, if we'll do our part and give the way we're supposed to give, God has promised to meet our needs. Amen. Promised it. The lack of giving is just symbolic of a lack of faith. That's all it is. That's why I say it measures the condition of your heart and your maturity. When you put as little... At least that's the problem with the tithe. So many people rejoice in the tithe because it's just 10%. You say 10% is a lot. Listen, 10% to a lot, some people ain't much. That 10% to others is. There's people that abound and people that are abased. There are people that have plenty and people that don't have much. Amen? And listen, sometimes, here's a radical Christian concept. 
Sometimes you can give more than 10%. Amen. Amen. I'll do that. God, God, God will give us what we need to be able to do more. Amen to do more. Proverbs 11, 24. One man gives freely and grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Man, simple. Simple, laid out plain as it can be. Amen? That's all I'm going to preach about money. It's up to you what you give. Amen? Amen. Completely up to you. We don't keep record. And I, don't, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't go ask Tyson who gave today and who did. I, I honestly don't. It doesn't matter. But I know this. We're only going to be able to do what you're willing to support. Amen. So don't get mad at me when you want to have a ministry and I say, we can't do that. Now, don't get upset. Don't, don't get upset at the church when 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 uh, you come and say, "Well, now my now my family, you know, we've been members out here for years, and we can't pay our bills." And I say, "Sorry, we ain't got no money because you ain't paying on time. You ain't giving. And if you don't give, we can't help. Not just you, but anybody. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? We limit our ability to spread the gospel and make an impact by our unwillingness to give." Now the other aspect I'm going to touch on, and I'll be done, this will be the shortest one. It's only one of them. I mean, this one's the other one. Before you panic, I think there's three, there's two. The other aspect that I want to get is time. Time. Your time is precious, I know it full well. And here, here's the reality. Just like we talked about with money. We're not all given the same amount of money. Not everybody makes the same, not everybody's blessed with the same jobs and all those different things. So we're not all given the same money. We're not all given the same skills or talents or whatever. But we're all given the same amount of time. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Every single day that God allows us to live, each one of us wakes up with 24 hours in that day. Amen. The question is not do you have time. The question is how will you spend the time that you're given? Amen. That's all it is, right? It's not about do you have time. It's do you want to spend it on this or something else? Now, I say this today not to hurt anybody's feelings or upset anybody, but most local churches continue to be able to go on because of the faithfulness of a small group of people who are willing to sacrifice their time and money. Amen? Amen. Amen. As a pastor, we often would say those people are the core. That's the term, the core. It's not a biblical term, it's just what we say. Right? We say those are the core because that's the people you can depend on. When the goal gets rough, those people will be there. When the chips are down, you, you know you can depend on that group. Amen? They make the sacrifices that are needed. They give up time for the church. They'll sacrifice their plans. And the church pretty much exists on the backs of this small group of people. When there's a work day, they're there. When there's a ministry need, they support it. Whatever they can do. And I could go on and on about the core. I can tell you this. I thank God for it. You know if you're a part of it or not. I mean, I ain't got to call you name. You know how involved you are in the church. You know whether or not you give your time sacrificially. 
You know whether or not you give your money sacrificially to the church to support the ministry of it. And you also know whether or not you just reap the benefits of what everybody else is doing. Amen? Come on, I'm just preaching. Don't look, don't look at me like that. Uh, I, I just try to look through You see, here's the thing. Just like I said, I'm thankful for them. So is everybody else. Everybody's thankful for them. Just don't nobody want to join them. Amen? Everybody's glad they're here. Everybody will pat them on the back and say, I thank God for you. But not everybody wants to be one of them. Amen? I'm just telling the truth. Listen, the purpose of membership in a church is to know who you can depend on in the church. It's to know who you can look to. To know who's going to support and who's going to work. And who's going to take part? Who's going to invest in the ministries of the church? Who has God sent here to help accomplish the mission, right? That's, that's the purpose of membership. Becoming a member is supposed to be equal to becoming a part of that core. However, membership has really just become about making sure your name is on a paper somewhere in the back of the church cabinet. We don't want that. And unfortunately what happens is those few people that the church rests on all the time that's trying to carry everything, they get burnt out and worked to death. And they get overwhelmed and stressed out. But they'll keep going. They're committed. But here's the point. If everybody did their part, we could all enjoy it together. You understand what I'm preaching now? If everybody did what they were called to do, we'd all be able to enjoy the church together. Not everybody, but not not a few, not not the majority enjoy, uh, enjoying, and the minority trying to carry the rest of it. It'd be everybody doing their little part, and it all equal out in the end. We could all enjoy it. Now, now let me give you an example. If the ones who are caught, and I'm, I'm just using this as an example. This is I'm not literally saying this. Okay, I'm just using it as an example. If somebody's called to teach Sunday school, for instance, and, and, and that was their ministry, their calling from God, they felt like, I am a Sunday school teacher called by God to do this work. If they were able to spend the appropriate amount of time needed to study and to teach it well, then our Sunday school would be even better. Amen? I'm not talking about our Sunday school in particular. I'm just using it as an example. Right? Our Sunday school. Now, now, if that supposed Sunday school teacher has to be the Sunday school teacher, the children's ministry worker, the church cleaner, the sign changer, they got to cook the three meals for families in need, they got to be the sick visitor, the grass mower, and everything else, they can't take the time they need to study their lesson and teach it right. You understand what I'm saying? So when one or two people is doing everything, things ain't getting done as good as they should be. I hope you can see where I'm going with that. When you don't do your part, you hinder the ability of the church to do theirs. 1 Peter 4 and 10, As each one of us receives a gift, use it to minister to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There's differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's differences in ministries, but the same Lord. 
And there are differences in activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. And the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit each other. Amen? So while not everybody's called to be a Sunday school teacher, those that are should get to be one. And while not everybody's called to be a worship leader, those that are should get to lead worship. And while not everybody's called to do this or that or the other, if they just do what their part is, they'll do it well. But you have to do your part. They don't have to do your part and their part. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things and distributes to each one individually as He wants to. You say, well, I, I, I will do my part, but I don't like the thing He wants me to do. Right? I want to do the thing that that guy's doing. Right? I want to be what he is. Well, take it up with the Holy Spirit. He gets to decide what each one of us is. Amen? It ain't my decision. It's his decision. I don't get to assign people in the roles. The Holy Spirit gets to reveal what he wants for you. To you. Now, God has given us each one some things that we're called to do. And if we can invest our time wisely into those things and let everybody else invest their time wisely in their things, our church will grow. Spiritually, physically, in lots of ways. Now, I'll just wrap it up. You, you can bring God glory inside the church by being willing to give financially and to give of your time. Not all your time, just, just the part that God needs. You can help bear the burdens of other people. You can, you, you can contribute and be the reason that maybe five years from now, there's a homeless shelter in Clintwood where we, where we take care of people and feed them a, a meal and give them a warm place to sleep. But we can't do that if we can't buy it. You see what I'm saying? We've got to have a longer term vision than just I want to sit here and enjoy it. We've got work to do. It, listen, if everybody contributes, we won't have to rejoice over one well. We can rejoice over hundreds of wells. Amen. 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 You see where I'm going? I mean, I just we can build a youth facility. We can support buy groceries for people in need. We can pay electric bills for struggling families. We can do those things only to the proportion that you're willing to support. Now, just know this in closing. God is aware of it all. Amen. And God sees it all. Amen. Amen. Nothing's going to escape His attention. He will reward those that have given and labored hard, those that have sacrificed time and money for the kingdom. He knows who you are, and He will reward you accordingly. Amen. He knows of those of you that don't, and He will reward you accordingly as well. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Right, Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Look at what I do. Look at what I give. Right? Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. They get the pat on the back. That's all we're ever going to get. But when you do a charitable deed, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in secret. 
And your Father who sees in secret will Himself reward you openly. Amen. 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 I love it. I ain't preaching about love. I ain't preaching about it. Because I don't want you to think that I, that, I, that I want your money or that I'm after your money or any of those things. That's not the case at all. But I am after building up the kingdom of God. And I am after seeing the church go on and, and be able to do more than what she's doing now. But it takes money and people and resources and, and all those things. And so don't get frustrated at me when I when I preach these things to you. This is just simply a way that you can bring God glory. And a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people are hung up on all the reasons why they shouldn't give. And I know all those reasons. Or at least some of them. And I understand them. But not every church is trying to hoard up money. And not every, not every pastor is trying to get rich off the church. Amen. Some just want to see God's kingdom grow. Amen. So don't let that be a burden to you. Amen. Let's stand our feet to be dismissed in the word of prayer. I ain't going to give an altar call. Because it would be awkward if I said, if you ain't been given, come to the altar. <laughs> so instead, I'll let us pray where we are. I thank God for the service today. Amen. I thank God you're here. I thank God you came. I thank God that we heard songs about Christ. Amen. I thank God that we got a chance to pray and to be together for a few minutes. That's a blessing. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much. We love you from the depths of our heart, God, and you know whether or not that's true in each individual or not. God, we pray, Lord, that, uh, that that grace may abound more and more unto us, God. That we may get a vision as a church, God, of the, of the work you have us do in your kingdom and go about accomplishing it. God, that we may each know what part we play and fulfill it, God, with a full and grateful heart that you would allow us to be a part of your kingdom work. God, I thank you, Lord, for those who labor intently, God, in this church and in every little church around here. I thank you for those who give sacrificially, God. And for those who don't, God, I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to their hearts, God. And let them know, God, that it's not a burden, but a blessing. And that truly, God, the word you spoke is nothing but truth and life. It is better to give than it is to receive. Help us, God, to glorify you more and more, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a good day. Everybody's there.